0: Um, before I go into the passage, I, I'd like to read a couple of things that I thought was cool. Um, and you know, I work at, I, hang, I always like to hang up stuff for, you know, days like this, you know, Father days, and stuff like that. And I hung up my school and I thought it was cool, and I found it, it says, life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mother. It was cool. And thanks, and uh, the second one was thanks for always saying yes every time Dad said no. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, this one I got already. I can't wait to the end. Because this is pretty cool. Mother's opinion. Four years of age, my mommy can do anything. Eight years of age, my mom knows a whole lot. Twelve years of age, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. Fourteen years of age, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. Sixteen years of age, mother, she's hopelessly old-fashioned. <laughs> Eighteen years of age, that old woman, she's way out of date. Twenty-five years of age, well, she might know a little bit about it. Thirty-five years of age, before we decide, let's get mom's opinion. Forty-five years of age, I wonder what mom would have thought about it. And sixty-five years of age, I wish I could have talked it over with mom. Ponder that a little bit and it's interesting because it is so true. And um maybe good memories to you as growing, bring some wisdom to the young ones. Uh, so we'll be in 1st Samuel. You know, I, I gave this passage, I know it's a big passage, it's, it's, it's the first and second chapter, but of uh, well, um 1 Samuel. But it's important to kind of reveal you know the whole story. Um, well, there's so many women in the Bible that, uh, not so many, but there's uh, a couple handful of women mothers in the Bible that God talks about, and specifically God talks about it for a reason. God has always given us illustrations, and uh, God has always given us pictures, and he gives us understanding. You know, the Old Testament is so important to understand who God is. You know, it's, it's we like to say it's a history book, and some people don't think history is important. Uh, But it's more than just a history book. as one commentator writes. He says it's his story. It's God's story. So we see God's story through the Old Testament, us to the New Testament, to the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. So never discount the Old Testament. And you should read it just as much as you read the New Testament. Because it's his whole, his story. It's his whole picture. So it's God... um, we're going to talk about um, Hannah here the Mother Samuel, and I'm going to read the passage here, and try to read it, and time's sake, I'll hit the points, uh, more points. Now there was a certain man uh, of Ramatheim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Achanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elohim. The son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and the son of Ephraim. Praise God for his name. And he had two wives. The name was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penana. Now, just so we're clear, God wasn't for, you know, um, polygamy. Okay, so we're clear on that. Man just chose to make his choices. And as you see, that the men who have done that, there's always consequences. If we read the whole story, as a result, there was always some type of consequence for the polygamy actions. So, um, when you read these stories, just know that God is there for that. Then, um, Anna had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phine- Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Akana to make an offering, he would give portions to Benina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. So we see that just a quick explanation, you know, even though that he had two wives, he did favor Hannah and um You know, at that time, Hannah was able to have children. And six, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed the womb. Okay? I like that. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So we see there was some animosity between the two. Okay, And um, Hannah was constantly hurting that. Then O'Connor and her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why does your heart grieve? Am I not better to you than ten sons? It's pretty interesting to me ask her that, right? I got another woman here with kids and you know, but why are you upset for her? Why are you sad? So we've been there crazy sometimes, but very selfish at the same time. <laughs> Very honest. So Hannah rose after that and had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. She was in bitterness of the soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, who will give your maidservant a male child, and I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Where Jesus is saying that here Hannah is giving us a great example of showing that she's willing to commit her son to come what they call Nazareth like Samson was. You know, commit for a few years, but hopefully stayed long with that, but as a committed person um, to God. And she's willing to say, you know, she understood the importance of that, Hannah. I understand the point of, of making um, Samuel this commitment to God. Understand the point of being committed to God. You know, proverbs. You know, we go through proverbs, and proverbs is always talking about teaching the child, raising the child as you grow and, and teaching and showing. But there's some scripture that specifically says for a mother, a mother's responsibility is to teach a child. A mother's responsibility. is so much bigger than what we think and what this world portrays today. You know, today this world has portrayed a mother uh, in such a different picture. You know, we see, you know, they they want to portray uh, a mother as this working mother now, you know, which I understand they do have to work. You know, I mean, not everyone, but they do work. But they portray this woman empowerment thing. And we have twisted that, the picture that God has given of a mother, and changed it into um, you know, if you're a housewife and you're weak, if you're a housewife, then you know what you're, you're—you're a slave to your husband, or you're a slave to the man at home. And it's pretty pathetic that they would use that. But you know, Satan's very conniving and, and, and sneaky when he does these things because he knows what what can trigger us. He knows we hit the pride button, and then run with it. And that's what we do—we run with it. So. Here's this picture of, you know, the, the, and there's nothing wrong with a woman being empowered. Not me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But what I'm saying is, is this empowerment has turned into something to where I don't need a man. I can do the same job just as a man attitude. And this is just a false picture. Because it's not about that. It's not about that. Women are just better than men are in certain things. And God, the Creator, knows that. God is not confused of everyone's gift in this place. Of every man and woman that he has created, he's not confused about the gifts that we have. God created women for a specific purpose, a specific role, because they're good at that. Just the same way a man is good at doing their specific roles. They're no lesser than each other. So say the slick, and he hits the, the pride button, he trigger, he triggers that off, and now it's all about, you know, what you can do, I can do better attitude. And it's not about that. It's not about that. A woman is good at raising a child, a woman is good at, at, at taking care of a home, a woman is good at that, they're gifted, you are gifted in that. We are not good at that, man, most of us. I would say, because the created to be that nurturing type. You know, I say, get up, suck it up, and keep going. You know? That's, you know, most men, that's what we do, right? When the mother comes and loves and nurtures and raises and teaches. You know, men teach as well, but we teach different things. So that's why it's important for us men to encourage the women, to encourage the mothers, and to encourage uh, the sisters, to to fill the role that God has called you to. And we see the examples here. And we see this in Hannah. Hannah's role. Hannah specifically, you know, um, is asking God for a child so that she can commit and teach the child so that she he can be committed to, her, to God. And as we go on, Hannah spoke in her heart in verse 13, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk, so they said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from me. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrow spirit. Have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maid, maid servant and wicked woman, for out of abundance Michael, complaint and grief, have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, "Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him." You know, it reminds me of one of the drunk and and uh, was it an axe? When the Holy Spirit came upon them, I thought they were drunk, you know, and you could see, you know, I mean, I could see, and I mean, I, I believe that's the Holy Spirit speaking through Hannah at that time, and he thought it was drunk, you know, and that's my personal belief, but, and we see that Acts the same thing occurs, um, when the Holy Spirit came upon the people, so, you know, this woman was definitely spirit-filled, because, I mean, why wouldn't she be if she's willing to commit herself to God? 18 And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went by way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord, and returned and came to their house of Ramlah and Melkana, and knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of the time that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him, from the Lord, now the man of Hannah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the only sacrifice in his house. Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So we see Hannah wanted to make sure she nurtured the child and taught the child what he needed to know. You don't have to be a physical mother to be a spiritual mother. We have many children in this world and in this church that I can use a spiritual mother. Hannah took the time to make sure what her priorities were. And her priority was to raise this child to a certain age so that she could commit his life to God. 23, so Akana her husband, said to her, do not do what's best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his, his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. 24, now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one epa, a flower and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord, if she learned the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli, and she said, O my Lord, as your soul is my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord, so long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. And Hannah prayed and said, Hannah goes into a gracious prayer, in, heart, in chapter 2, my heart rejoices in the Lord, my home is disordered in the Lord, I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Talk no more, so very proudly, let no arrogance come from the mouth, for the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bowels of the mighty men are broken, and those who stumble are girded with strength. Those who are full have hired themselves out for bread, and the hungry have ceased to hunger. Even the barren has borne seven, and she who has many children has become feeble. The Lord kills and makes alive, and brings down to the grave and brings up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich, He brings low and lifts up. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the beggar from the, the ashes heat to set them among princes and make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. and he has set the world upon them. He will guard the feet of His saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by the strength of no man shall prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. From heaven he will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the end of the earth. He will give strength to this king and is the horn of his anointing. Then verse eleven, last verse. his house, with the child minister to the Lord, before he arrived at peace. So what do we see here, right? Hannah in the beginning, she's crying out, she's hurt, she's saddened. and at the end of this, in chapter, two, in the beginning of chapter two, now she's giving a phrase to God. She's praising God for the son she bore, she's praising God for the opportunity to raise his child and and uh, give him to the Lord so that he can serve God. So that his life is dedicated to the Lord. Some of us here may struggle with a mother figure, just like I struggle with a father figure, Some of us may not have that mother, some of us have lost the mother. And this is a tough day at times for people, or a day that people really don't understand because they're not familiar with it. What I understand is that when we look in scripture, we see God giving us these pictures of everything that we need to know about life today and about instruction and about mothers and fathers in particular. Mothers are very special. Women are special. God created women for a specific purpose, for a special purpose. Now, all of you here are imperfect women. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah. okay, I do say It's supposed to be fun to live that funny, right? But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But well, listen, to be honest with you, we're all imperfect, right? Amen? <laughs> I just said that it's serious. But we see, alright, because we're all imperfect. And when we expect our mothers to be perfect, we all are for ourselves. Right? Then Christ didn't have to die for us. Christ didn't have to come and save us from ourselves. So mothers, are, you know, women, you know, they are imperfect just as the men are. But if it gives you any comfort, we look at Luke, we see that, listen, even Mary, you know, we have this picture of Mary, the Holy Mary, Mother of God, right? But here she is; she loses Jesus, right? <laughs> Jesus is lost. They didn't know where he's at her and Joseph. They're trying to find Jesus, and he's in the temple. So I'm going to say she's a mad mother, a bad mother, because she lost a child. What I'm saying is she was imperfect as well. But she did the best she could. She did the best she could. We praise mothers because we praise God for what he's doing through our mothers and through our women, through our ladies. It's important for the women to understand who they are in Christ and who you are in Christ. You see, Hannah understood who she is in Christ, and God. She understood her role. And look who Samuel turned out to be later on, and I suggest, you know, if you haven't read 1st and 2nd Samuel, read those books you know, in addition to all the Old Testament. But Samuel, you know, he's a transition from the Judges um, into the kings, right? From Samuel, where Saul came and became the first king, and from Saul, the Davidic kingdom through David, and then through the prophecies of, and the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. So the importance of Samuel is, is far beyond what we can even imagine. Sarah was extremely important, but God used Hannah to make sure that he raised her, that she raised him a certain way so that he could fulfill the calling for his life. So where he was used, all the way to Jesus Christ, the coming of Christ. And us as men, Kind of here is not a good example. He did some things good, you know, he was still, even though know, he had a second wife, he was still committed to, you know, kind of doing, you know, the sacrifices, and he wanted to make sure that he still got the sacrifices in, but he's still, obviously, you see, imperfect. But man, we got to, you know, we got to step up and encourage our women, the ladies, the mothers, the spiritual mothers, and encourage them, because it's no easy task. I know for me it wasn't. For raising... Um, my mother raising you know, three of us, me and my twin particularly, you know, God bless her. Until this day she'll say, My I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> you know, usation you know, after you know, to this day, you know, they made them do it, you know. I mean I mean I love my mother, but I have to probably tell my mother, listen, mom, I made some choices. <laughs> you know? I made these I made some choices. It wasn't, you know, everyone else. But Women have a, a, a tough job and, 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 and you see with Hannah here, she still followed through even though her husband was married to another woman and had children. How it is is that? She's able to see him bear her bear children, but yet she still followed through and did what she was supposed to do. She didn't allow her circumstance to change who she knew who she wasn't in, in God, in Christ as we know today. She stayed committed. And Samuel turned out to who he needed to be for the outcome to where Christ. God had used it all again. the Saul was a little bad king at the end of the day, God turned it all out for the good. And Christ came and fulfilled, and we were able to have a relationship with God. And uh, this tired of There's some scriptures i like to point out to you. Um, you know, I know I have up there 41 I'm just going to read it because time's sake. Um, the wise woman builds her house, but the foolish one pulls it down with her hands. The wise woman builds her house.
1: We support
0: the women to make sure that the house is done right. For men. We do it in a biblical fashion and biblical truth. So that our children are raised the way it should. Now, who's to say that a child's going to go our way? Absolutely. You know, I always look back at Billy Graham, his son, right? He talks about where he was a biker for many years and he finally came back to Christ. But we still do what we're supposed to do. We let the outcome play itself out. And then we keep praying. Another verse, Proverbs 6, 20 to 21. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. It's important to know again to see in Proverbs that it says, Father's commandment, forsake not your mother's teaching. Father and mother. Mothers are important. Members are all important. Other scriptures. We see in Galatians 4.27, and this is something towards, you know, the woman who, you know, not everyone, not every woman can have children, we know that. For whatever reason, not every woman can have children. But you still have value, and you still have a purpose, and that's where the spiritual mothers come in, the rule. And we see that God recognizes that in Galatians, and I going to read the scripture also as well, Galatians 4.27. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman, who does not bear, break forth, and shout. You are not in, in labor for more numerous of children of the desolate than of the one who has a husband. You have a role as well. You don't have to physically bear a child with your spiritual mother. We have other scriptures. Um, another one that and Hebrews 6.10, which I wanted to point out, it's important to see that God doesn't see your work in vain. Because sometimes we look at each other and say, "Man, I don't know what I've been doing, I don't know if this is even, you know, what have I done wrong, you know? Or sometimes you take the blame, the woman will blame themselves, and even the fathers as well. But as long as you're doing a biblical thing and you're doing it in the court of God, um, than you do when you're supposed to do. But God recognizes that. And for He says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and the love which you showed towards His name and that you minister unto the saints. And that's Hebrews 6 10. work is not million. Proverbs 31, as we know the Proverbs' wife of uh, 31. 25-31. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth for wisdom, and a teacher of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he he praises her. Many women have done an excellent thing, but you surpass them all. I'd like us all to stand, please. And I ask that the women here take this time to reflect Reflect on your lives as as you have parented or has been a spiritual moment to someone. And know that God loves you. God loves you tremendously. He loves you so much that his word says it very, clearly, And that know that your work is not in vain with your children and that men here, as we encourage our women, I ask that the men also look at your lives, to see where you have um, uh, fallen short, all right? But also look at how you can improve to encourage our women so that they can have the support they need to raise the children to how they uh, need to be raised, And also, I would like you to think about is that there's someone that you can be a spiritual mother to, and I want you to pray about that as well. Because there is a need for spiritual mothers. But men and women are created to be a team, and we have to do this together. We have to do this together to encourage one another. Now let pride get in the way of doing what we been call to do, so that our children could be raised and to grow, to be the men and women that God called them to be. And not get sucked into what this culture is claiming it to be. This culture, what is calling our children to be, or to become. Because this culture is a cursed culture, I believe. It's definitely cursed. But Satan's is running But we walk with a God that's mightier than Satan. He just says, No, our God greater that little God. Our God is bigger. So I like to bow our heads. I like to do another prayer because prayer is so important. Pray is our communication with God, but prayer, I want us to cry our hearts out to God. And I want the women to pray in comfort. Not only pray for the men that are in our lot in your lives, that they support you more and better in improving everything to improve. But know that also women that God loves you and your job's not easy and that God will not value you your job your uh the efforts are going. To gain. And the men when you pray, I want you to pray how you can be more supportive. And do the best that you can, the best that we can, so that our children don't pay the price for our negligence. Because at the end of the day, we you know we have a big to that. And we see that today in the culture. So let's pray how we can support our women, encourage them biblically, let's pray on how we can do better around the world, so the women don't have to feel that they need empowerment, they can just experience the love that God has created us to love, and how to love, and they can find joy in that love from God and from us that's now. <clears throat> so I going to this out. Father, how wonderful you are again, Lord. This time, again, Father, you me this opportunity, Father. I know that, Father, sometimes the words I speak, Father, are not clear. And I uh, ask for the hummus of that, Father. But I want to make sure, Father, that the words that are clear is that you love these men and women here, Father. And that we understand, Father, that you created this to be a team to do your word, Father, and to raise our children, Father, as your word says, and the examples You give us, and Hannah, and Mary, and, and other mothers, uh, Sarah, and no on and on in the Bible, Father. We thank you for that. But I pray that the mothers and the women stay encouraged, Lord. I pray that the, their hearts are pouring out to the children, not that, if not to their own children, and another child that needs pouring into it, but we know that we are children here that he poured into. Because there's nothing like a mother's love for a child. And I pray, Father, that the men here, Lord, the, the men they encourage these women, Father. They encourage their spouse. They encourage um, the woman to have relationship with Father. So that the woman can feel the support and, and, and the experience the support they need to do what they need to do. Lord I pray our hearts are broken over this Lord I pray you break us in a way that, that makes us want to leave here asking the Lord how can we improve what can we do better what is the need of this how we can do this Father show us I pray our hearts are broken in that way so we leave here not coming in here the same Mother's Day is a special day, Father, but at the end of the day, you have to get all the glory in it. You created the mothers, and you also created the fathers. You created the women, and you created the men. To so show us and guide us, Father, Open our minds and our hearts, to put your perspectives first, not our own. Open our eyes and our hearts so that we stop lying to ourselves, whoever it is, lying to themselves, as I do our most often, Father. But I ask you to correct me, first and foremost, Father, always, so that our children don't have to pay for the choices that parents make, that I've so Father, you intervene, Father, as you do best, I ask this Lord in all of us. Father, there's, there's no walking apart when it comes to serving you, Father, and, and being the child who calls to be, Lord. There's no walking apart in this. There's joy in knowing that we serve the mighty King who loves us more than anything else, anyone else. So I pray you help us to see this joy, Jesus, to, to open our hearts to receive this joy. Because in this joy, our lives will reflect what we believe in our calling to our children and pray that it does what it's supposed to do. So again, I thank you, Lord, for having us here today for this opportunity. And we go on today serve you well. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.